Okay, you is ready? Hello? Huh? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I was, I was busy loading another clip to save this one for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ready? Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 9 of The Batter. Kind of have, like, a lot to talk about today. We are joined by... Me! <laughs> Mr. Cupcake. And I am your host, Katie Cupcake, and... Yeah, uh, we have a lot to talk about. So welcome back. How are we doing? It's gonna be a long episode. Mm-hmm. The last few ones have been like an hour and a half long. Yeah, I was not ready for this. I'm gonna need another drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was picked specifically for you because we recently just had a conversation about Black Ops 2 and how old it was because he uh pers like needed to let me know like it was like 14 years old or something he said um so thanks for that well no i wasn't saying you were like it was that old i was saying i was watching the clip and the game itself was older than the kid playing it and that's what made me like upset about it uh yeah so <laughs> for this topic it's basically saying that black ops <clears throat> Black Ops 2 Zombies is being revived. And that will be... Like, an installment. They're, okay, so basically it's saying that they're reviving Black Ops 2 because there is a four-year gap for Zombies content isn't planned. So, like, the Black Ops series won't be expanded on from its Cold War 2020 installment until... Right now, the proposed Gulf War-based game, which is to release in 2024. I'm not going to lie. I haven't looked up anything Call of Duty related since I stopped playing uh, the most recent one. But a Gulf War game actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah. That would be a very interesting time period to see done. But I don't know. I haven't had any faith in Call of Duty in a good while. Black Ops 2 Zombies was really good. I prefer one. So, the original Zombies installment will always, like, <clears throat> have that special place in my heart because it was just different, and I don't like the newer Zombies because of the mechanics that they changed. Like, I get... That it needed to change and it needed to keep up with like other things but i just i don't like where you can't take a break where you have a crawler until the crawler bleeds out you know following you around if like, you and your friends are trying to get like a record pace going like that just doesn't exist anymore um, right just, everything's too fast right and like crawlers don't really exist <clears throat> so and it's like more fast paced in a way like i don't know the, the newer games, and then you have, like, the Cold War had, um, the open world map. I actually liked that. I enjoyed that. It was different. I didn't dislike it. I just, I originally, like, I always play the Zombies game solo first, mm -hmm. just to get, like, a feel for it. And 
I was like, I am so confused. I'm going to where it's telling me to go, but I can't, like, it, it took a while for me to figure out what I needed to do. And then uh, I quickly realized that it was going to be very hard to do it solo. Right. And so then I waited until other people <laughs> wanted to play zombies because a lot of people were burned out on zombies. Um, so basically, this isn't like an actual revival. It's a modded game where it's restored the maps and modes for the game and updated like the 11-year-old graphics. And the modder's name is Jay Bleasy, and it's it's called Black Ops 2 Reimagined. So if you're interested, check it out, because it shows off, like, the new uh, zombie maps and modes <clears throat> within the Black Ops 2 zombies sphere of things. So if you're interested in mods, then, you know, check it out. Not everybody's into the modded thing, but if you were fans of Black Ops 2... That's about all I got for that one. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to touch upon on that one? Two Zombies was okay. That, But th that's also when I started to lose interest in zombies. Like, once zombies became less of, like, let's see how far we can go as opposed to find secret things, unlock other secret things, unlock secret story hidden behind everything. It's like, I don't want to do that. It's not... There was a lot of Easter eggs. You are right, right. about that. I don't want to play six hours to fail on like the next to last step just to try again immediately. I think one of my favorite maps was the moon. I really I loved that map. And the one that was like in a jungle. Um, Shangri-La. Yeah, Shangri-La. And um, what's his face? The one with George Romero. Um... I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Oh my goodness. But those it other than the original maps are what stick, like stick out in my mind the most. Right. Yeah. Um, Kino Deer Totem was always my favorite. That's the theater one in Black Ops 1. Yes. That is my favorite by far. That like, was good. Five was always good. Mm -hmm. I never played the original zombies. Oh, okay. From World War. Like, Black Ops 1 was always my first Zombies experience. Okay. I mean, granted, uh, Modern Warfare 2, the original, was my first Call of Duty, but... I... Oh, so you didn't play COD 4 or anything before that? I've played it. But not like it originally not came out. to an extent to say that, like, I played it. Like, I'd go over to a buddy's house, and he'd have it, and we'd play it for a little bit, but it was never, like... We'd play for, like, maybe two hours, or we'd split screen and play against each other, or we would just screw around in the campaign. Okay, see, I played the shit play out of COD 4. Nah, for me, Modern Warfare 2 would be, like, play through the campaign, and then, like, play a little bit of multiplayer, would go to school, come home from school, it, hop in Modern Warfare for a little bit, play some Modern Warfare, do some homework, play some more Modern Warfare, go to bed, rinse and repeat. You just made me feel so old, because <laughs> you used to go to school, and I was like, I was... I bought my first Xbox and played that. I was 18 and working and going to school. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Modern Warfare 2 is by far my favorite of all time Call of Duty. Yeah. We're talking the original two, not the new one. The new one's trash. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I, 
I don't even know if I played the new one. If I did, it wasn't for a very long time. Yeah, we played the new one. Did we? I this... yeah, we did. Do you remember? Did what? Uh, remember when we were going to the helicopter and there's two guys, or there's three guys pulled up on that oh, ATV? Oh, DMZ. Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> Why did I forget that that was Modern Warfare 2? We played it twice. <laughs> I guess I, you know, what's the sad part is that I just said that. And now that I'm saying it, I remembered like when I was packing up my room that my, my DVDs and, um, games that I had in disc form behind my TV shelves, mm -hmm. that was there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I also just feel bad about? Casey bought me that for oh, a gift. <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. I loved Cold War. Loved Cold War. Vanguard was what's Vanguard? Vanguard. We don't talk about it. And Vanguard. I just don't think I played Modern Warfare too enough. I got like, I have to be in the mood to play Call of Duty as of lately. And right. a DMZ kind of revived it for both of us. We played together and we had fun and did well. But then we just like never went back to it. <laughs> We played it a couple times and then said, you know, we should play this tomorrow. And then tomorrow came and we were like, let's do this. All right. And then Call of Duty just stopped existing. <laughs> well, I us. guess I stopped asking you because, like, you're, you're the same way as me, is that you have to be in the mood to play it and you haven't really enjoyed playing it. I haven't enjoyed Call of Duty in so long. Right. So that was, I was just like, no. Because, like, I love Gun Game. Gun Game is fun as hell. So. Yeah. But, like, that's not, like, real Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, actual yeah. stats or anything. You tank your kill-death ratio in Gun Game, but... <laughs> it doesn't matter in Call of Duty anymore because you have one decent game and you're right back up to the pros. At least in my experience. Whenever I play any Call of Duty, I could have a .5 KD and I have one decent game where I go, like, I don't know, 15 and 3. The next game I go against, I'm playing against, like... 10 to 10 man and i'm like what is happening like well i see that it ruins your kill death that's if you're doing ter terrible i usually don't do terrible in gun game i at the very least will always at least what is the word i'm looking for cancel myself out like i'll always go even if i don't do better than even i very rarely do like super poorly in in call of duty or in gun game because like, I get, like, Ugh, no, <laughs> like, and I go ham, and I'm like, oh, why can't I do this all the time? <laughs> um, but speaking of, okay, so if you have watched last week's, or watched, who am I? If you have listened, <laughs> if you have listened to last week's uh, podcast with Bales, then you will have known that we talked extensively about horror games. And so I found this other article and I thought it would be interesting to kind of get a different side of the horror game universe and have a difference of opinion with Mr. versus Bale's opinion on the games. So that is why we are yet again talking about some horror games. So these are 10 underrated horror games, most of which I haven't heard of, but he's played a lot of games, horror games. So I'm curious to see what his opinion, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, I think, his opinion is. 
so the first one is, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this, so forgive me, but Absolov End of Gods. It is a sci-fi horror game which came out in 2019 and it kind of blends Viking lore and Norse mythology with futuristic gameplay elements. Now that sounds super interesting to me, but then it's got to tack on the fact that it's a sci-fi horror and I'm like, ah, maybe not. It's very weird to me. So you haven't heard of it before. I'm not going to lie. I looked at the list recent just now. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of any of these games. Okay, so then we will just touch upon them and, and give our opinion on whether or not it, well, for me, I'm a baby. I've said this like every time we ever talk about anything horror related, but he has played quite a few horror games and you can give us your opinion on whether or not it's something you'd be intrigued enough to try and play now that you know it, it, know it exists. I'm sorry, guys. My, I'm tired <laughs> and I think I'm losing my voice. But... It's a weird idea for me, and the talking points that they use on this isn't enough for me to want to be interested in a horror game. Like, if you're trying to sell me on a horror game, I don't really care about the voice acting. I want to care about the atmosphere. I want to know how the game's going to make me feel, but not be impressed by how it looks and sounds. Yeah. Like, I'll use, I'm probably going to use this as an example often. Mortuary Assistant mm. was a great horror game. The voice acting was okay. The visuals were pretty decent. Yeah. It was a really good horror game. It was like one person who only did that game too, right? It was a very small team. Yeah. yeah. One, maybe. I think it started one with one people. person and he might have like brought some other people on once yeah. he put the demo and realized like there was a draw for it. Um, yeah. That's it. It was like one of the three people and then he brought in people to do voice acting and it just went farther and farther from there. So, like, so for me, telling me that you have a great voice acting cast, I don't care if you go out of your way to hire people who have good voices and things like that. If the game isn't atmospheric, it's not going to be a good horror game. I agree with that. I, I think their biggest draw for this, like, keyword-wise, you know, hot topics-wise for games in, in general is the Viking lore and Norse mythology. Like, I feel like they banked on that being in <laughs> hiccups now. Interesting enough that everything else was just like, okay, we'll see how it goes. But for me, I love Vikings. I love Norse mythology. I don't want to play a right. sci-fi horror game that involves that. That's just weird to me. Yes, it seems a bit disconnected. Um, it's probably a reason why neither of us have heard of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to sell it short. Like, if I saw somebody playing it, I'd probably, like, now that I know it exists, if I saw somebody who's like, I'm going to play this game, or a streamer is playing it, I might check it out for a little bit of time just to see. Right. I'm going to check something real quick while you keep going through that about it, because there's a PlayStation symbol on there, which would imply it's on, it's either a PlayStation exclusive or it's on PlayStation. Right. Because so, um, I just recently is. finished a book on Norse mythology and I absolutely loved it. It's but I don't know what I did with it. It is currently thirty what is this game? So I I've just read recently read this year a book called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman and it's like reimagining the 
old Norse mythology uh, stories, and I loved it. I can't wait to read it again. It gave me so many ideas for Minecraft builds, which sounds stupid and nerdy if you're not inter like interested in that stuff. But for me, it just like opened up this world of like, oh, that would be so cool to like have a tangible something or other, other than the book to like see it and imagine it yourself. Anyways, you looked it up on PlayStation. It does have interesting visuals. I'll give it that. I just don't think it's the right kind of game. Okay. Like, because ba based on what I got out of the trailer, which is hard to decipher, mind you, from what is happening in the trailer, it looks like you're a person who gets brought back from Norse times and is, like, being followed by cursed Norse um, entities, but you have, like, a cyberpunk arm because it gets bitten off by a demon bear. So I don't know what to decipher from this game. Yeah, you lost me at like Demon Bear or something. Right, exactly. It's it's one of those types of games. But um, I never heard of a single company who made this game. I don't know who any of these are. Angry Demon doesn't sound familiar to me. It's thirty dollars on PlayStation. Seems a bit steep for Go a game for it if you four sound years interested. old. Uh, That's a, that's, a, that's a pass for me. I don't know. I guess... I don't... Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say it just seems like steep for it to be a $30 game four years later with not like a lot of traction. But like he said, if it sounds like something that you'd be interested in trying, it's on PlayStation Store for $30. Uh, the next game is Broken Pieces, and looking at this, like, thumbnail of uh, a YouTube video that somebody put in, it looks beautiful. Um, it, it's classifying it as the most terrifying horror game on the list by a long shot. That says may not be. Oh, may not be. So, <laughs> is it more... It, it, it seems like based on the way they're talking it seems like a lot more puzzle oh it's a I'm watching the trailer of it now it's a weird style of game it's puzzle based but like if resident evil was a twin stick shooter it's very it, it's very interesting looking it's Our not bad. classifying it as a tangential horror game what does that mean considered i need something to compare it to to know what that means like my my whole thing so it's erratic <laughs> oh okay sure like my i have issues with lists like this when they try to sell you something that's underrated and they don't really give you an idea of what the fuck it actually is well, no it's that's not my even problem. something like that because for me underrated means people aren't sure about it but it does well when people find out 
when I'm going to keep using this as an example because of the fact of what it is. When Mortuary Assistance demo came out, mm-hmm. it was on a rage. Yes. Because people knew who it was, but only a few people did it or played it or did things with it. Because Mortuary Assistance has exploded into a great game. It was a failed Kickstarter. Which is crazy. Like, he didn't get enough money and he said, screw it, I'm going to try anyway. That's underrated to me. Yes, I would agree. Just because nobody's heard of your game doesn't mean it's underrated. So, so to me, like, knowing as many games as I play or how many people I watch play a game, looking at a list like this and not knowing any of the games, even by name, like somebody's brought it up before. I don't know any of these games, so I can't call any of them underrated. I know one of the games on this list. Yeah. So that brings us to... Go ahead. I didn't even know it was remade. Okay. Well, I assume that's further down the list. It's the last one on the list. (laughs) So the next one is Silver Chains, and the thumbnail is terrifying. (laughs) I will say this is my style. Um... I think it looks nice. Apparently it's a typical horror title. You crash a car and pass out, and before you wake up in an eerie abandoned mansion. I don't think I said that correctly, but I think you guys get the promise of it. Eerie abandoned mansion, is that what you were trying to say? I I said the word before, and I should have said it before I said said it. Um, so basically there's a horrifying creature who endlessly pursues the main character with aggression. This reminds me of Song of Horror. Yeah, it looks more like an amnesia game. Mm-hmm. Graphics are pretty decent. The, gra- the thumbnail doesn't do it justice, like the title card that they show. Like the creepy title card. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it justice because it's, it's a decent looking, like, Unity game. Would be my guess because it doesn't sh- it doesn't say what it's made 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 with. Oh, great! It's a the f- share with the doll. class. It's like a porcelain doll. Is like is one of the creatures. Oh, just what do you love? Yeah, don't like that at all. <laughs> but again, it I can't call a very typical game underrated because if it's very typical it's not going to stand out from the crowd and that's not going to make you underrated it kind of reminds me of the shining with the way that it's described like you're in a mansion and you're being uh, chased by various creatures which obviously in the shining if you've watched or read it uh there are ghosts or you know so there's also um, another issue I'm having with this list that I'm now realizing. Mm-hmm. At the end of every article, mm-hmm. the website that we're on has been given a code to this game, meaning that the comp- the, the the game makers themselves are asking to be put on this list. Or the person who wrote it reached out and said, hey, I'll mention you in this article if you give me a code to give away right so this is either the people looking for free publicity or this group just saying hey i've heard of your game which i'm not 
and I don't know his opinion on it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just like we're in an age where people want people, other people to be accountable and held accountable and be honest and upfront about things. And like the more you sift through articles, because Bale said the same thing about an article that we were touching upon last week was that is like clickbaity listy that doesn't like we were going through a horror game that was comparing games to another horror game um so go check that out if you're interested and haven't listened to it yet i'll have to go back and listen but um yeah every single one of these has got a code from from the developer of the game right which said that if if the games are so underrated and need to be played why do you need a code as a new pc however played it well yes and no i just got a pc i haven't been able to use it yet but this is an article that i think will do me justice like if we do a horror game night redemption for like a stream sub goal or something like that this is helpful for me because I haven't played a lot of things because I haven't had a PC and oh. <laughs> I feel like, like you got a better chance to just look for something on itch. 13 to 15 years or something in that range I haven't had a PC for so I mean right but like there's going to be other content that would come out of that like there would be YouTube videos yeah. and, and stuff like that so but like there are specific games that make more sense to play on stream than to make dedicated content for if that makes sense Ooh, hold on now yes this game sounds interesting are we talking about the next one on the list no i'm farther down all right well stop skipping ahead (laughs) (laughs) um this one looks interesting this one looks like jacksepticeye should have played it at some point um it's called i I might i need to do it might butcher this yoni hello i was laughing oh well there was just silence on our end (laughs) you know discord doesn't like my laughing yeah because you go (laughs) it it does look like that one game i can't think of the name of it now that i'm thinking now that i'm looking at it it reminds me of Oh my god. Chilla's oh, art. This is freaky looking. What did you say? Chilla's art. It reminds me of like something in that sphere. Yeah, it does. With if Chilla's art did like not that um weird pose that they use. Mm-hmm. Like if they just use the engine to make oh it's got a breathing mechanic. But, um, oh my god, it looks like a game, and it's going to drive me crazy trying to figure out which game it is. This game actually does look good, though. It's a short game, too. So this would probably be a game that I would try to play on stream. It says, uh, around four hours. Which, for me, probably means, like, five hours, but, like, that's fine, too. Eight hours. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I might, I might look into this game. Like this one, yeah, this one's just, standing out to me. Yeah, more than the rest. The other so far, very, yeah. 
quote-unquote underrated, but, I mean, there's other games that are, like, the same. Yeah, I've just skimmed the names, so I haven't really looked at the, like, descriptions of everything. Like, I'm, I'm briefly I... reading descriptions, and then while you're talking about it, I'm watching the trailer. Well, I expected you to at least know some of them, but... Nope, I... I don't... Yeah, so then the next there. one's called The Beast Within. The inside. what? The Beast Inside. What did I say? Within. Weird. My brain just like <laughs> the thesaurus the word inside for no reason. I need to go to bed. Anyways. Uh it splits the plot between two different time periods. Vastly different time periods so there's a blend of modern and historical settings and 3d environments that like make you feel more immersed in the scenes as if jump scared by a trailer well i literally just read the word if you happen to be a fan of jump scares <laughs> you said that so apparently this game has plenty of jump scares in it so if you, yeah, I don't know if they'd be predictable though. They don't seem to be. This game comes. It out. says it's a high frequency though, so they're gonna it, happen fast and often. Yeah, which kind of defeats the purpose of jump scare, in my opinion. Um, it it the way it looked in the trailer, it's those like jump scares of like I don't understand fully what is happening in the game because it does that the plot jump mm -hmm. where it goes between the two time periods. But it looks like he's getting flashbacks of things that have happened. So, like, the ghost pops in front of him, spooks, and then disappears. Oh, that reminds me of that one game. Oh, my God, I can't remember it. Oh, it was way back in, like, Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, that's going to bother me. But it just seems like... One of those moments where it's like a lot of fake jump scares to the point to where the real jump scare happens with the real ghost, it's going to end up getting you killed because you're just going to think it's another fake scare. I'm literally Googling us right now because it's going it's to sort of like how amnesia is, where it's like around the corner, the ghost isn't real, it goes boo and then disappears, and you're just like, oh, okay, cool, and then you round the corner again, and it's the real ghost, and you're just like, oh, it's not going to do anything that kills you, and you get mad because you died. Oh, it was fear too. Yeah. The way the way fear works, where it's like so often things happen but they're not real, and then when something finally happens, you end up dying because of it. Yes. It's like that kind of jump scare. Right, because you'll be minding your own business, and then the girl will like teleport to you. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not my. Yeah, I, I say I, it's not my cup of tea, but like horror games in general aren't my cup of tea. Like, but like, I. I'm not huge on horror games. Like, I enjoy them. I've been a Resident Evil fan my whole life. Um, I prefer the creepy atmosphere of older Resident Evils than I do the newer ones, for being the exception. Um, I like a good jump scare when it's done well. Like, I don't want you to just make a big bang and go, boo. I want you to actually creep me out startle me without making a noise like have something sitting in the corner be a jump scare because if i don't see it it doesn't happen but if i notice it that's when it's scary right because then it ties into that has i been there the whole time giving you that chill 
Okay. Like, I'd rather have those kind of scares than the the big, loud, scary thing yelling at me. Because, like, yeah, that's going to scare everybody, but, like, if you can pull off a scare on everybody with a creepy way, that's completely different in my book. Yeah, I mean, the next game on this list looks, just by looking at it, is intriguing to me. It's called Martha is Dead, and I feel like is some sort of, like, tickle in my brain where I've heard of it before. But it's a first-person horror title. Right? So... Mm -hmm. There's... See, I don't like when things say there's an interesting camera mechanic. That just means, like, it's going to snap to certain things. And the, the, the trailer doesn't give me anything either. It's it's the, it's the main character just talking to the to the um the person watching. So you're not you're not giving me much to go by on that. Let's see. It also contains an interesting camera mechanic and a number of cutscenes that use a creepy puppet show to provide a great deal of additional character depth. No, you know, I was intrigued until I read about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and now it just sounds like haunted Harry Potter puppet pals. Yeah, read, read the next line. Uh, the game also features some extremely gory and depraved scenes of violence. The puppets? Just the game itself. Well, these visceral sequences are still fully intact on PC and Xbox versions of the game. On PS4 and PS5, there is no interactivity with any of the game's several corpse oh. mutilation sequences. They're at least skippable. What in the hell? No. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to list. Oh, I wish I didn't scroll down to this one. I am going to be seeing this dude in my nightmares. This was the game that was interesting to me. Of course it was. It was. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll understand why when you get to the second paragraph. Oxide Room 104. original death mechanic every time that the main character dies and returns in the bathtub in room 104 the game gets more difficult yeah so the worse you play the harder it gets oh i'm out <laughs> so it it pulls you away from that real risk and reward feeling is trying to do this thing worth the risk of dying and making the game harder in the long run. Yeah, I don't... I'm... No. Mm -mm. I kind of like that. It, give, it gives a somewhat soulless vibe. Which like, I've played Elden Ring, so I get the difficulty aspect of it, but I'm so bad with horror games because I'm, A, not used to playing them, and B, I get, like, scared so easily that... Like, just weird shit happens when I play them that I wouldn't benefit from playing this game. I would get frustrated and I would give up. I will say, too, it doesn't seem so much more of a horror game, but more of a creepy, like, action-y game. Yeah. I mean... So, like, that, that middle ground between, like, 
Resident Evil 7 and 8, where 8 was more actiony and 7 was more spooky, somewhere in the middle. Well, the next one is Sharon's Staircase. And it takes its name from the stairs of the Greek theater that connects the middle of the stage to the orchestra, which was typically used by characters from the underworld. In the story, we follow Desmond, who must descend into the depths of hell to bury the past of a tyrannical government, making the title rather fitting. Hmm. This game seems very puzzly. I love puzzle games. Also, that trailer did not tell me anything about the game. So it's not real. It's so you know, it's not really horror based so much as it's creepy tones to it, based yeah, on it, where it's, dri- it's dri- like driven from. Right. It seems very amnesia like for anybody who's played that. Like the game's creepy, solve a puzzle, maybe run from an enemy, but basically it's just freaky. Basically, it's creepy and thriller-like until the last 20 minutes where it becomes more horror than then it's done. So, weird timeline. Um, But probably better for somebody like me who isn't really into horror games but likes creepy, puzzly type of things. Um, gosh, I feel like we have two more titles left. Okay. The next one is Those Who Remain. And this one takes place in a small town of Dormant where you play as a man called Edward and you must navigate through mysterious parallel dimension to uncover the town secrets. So that's like... Uh, dark anthologies, dark picture game, uh, town of little hope. That's kind of what you do in that game. So you get memories of what happened in that town decades prior to the people that you're currently playing as. Yeah, I, uh, for me, this kind of game never interests me. Horror, action, any kind of thing like that. Like, I don't like games that follow, like, multiverse and parallel dimension theories and things like that those just like annoy me in a good like in a way of putting it to where it's like at any point you can just be transported over because it's the way the trailer looked it looked like there's just a random point where you're just gonna be walking down this hall and then suddenly you're in the forest and then you're back in the hotels mm-hmm. those kill atmosphere for me because it's like if I'm in the creepy woods and you teleport me into like a bright area, that's not gonna make me creeped out. I'm gonna be all right, cool. I'm 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 good. I'm away from the woods now. So when I go back to the woods, I'm not gonna have that fear anymore. Well, Little Hope was a little bit differently. It didn't transport you back in time so much. Like it literally, like you'd be traveling down the road and you'd come across like a, a house or something, and you would trigger an event, and you'd be there standing and immersed in the event that was happening. You would just. Like, the people, you know, whatever was happening, you would be seeing it and unable to really act on it. Um, So you weren't, like, transported to a different dimension for Little Hope. You were just seeing what actually happened decades prior and why the town is being haunted. That makes more sense 
I they did a really good job with it. I I was I don't remember why I stopped playing it. Like I got a good chunk through it and I never picked it up again and that's not because I didn't enjoy the game. It's just probably me as a person to be honest. <laughs> I have a lot of things I've done that. <laughs> um the last game on this list is Blood Rain Revamped and this name, Blood Rain, tickles my memory brain cell. And yes, I said a singular brain cell. But apparently they revamped it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's the original just remade, which I didn't even know they did. But I do remember this game. The reason I remember this game, vid- I was going to say vividly and fondly. Wow. Um, I remember this game fondly because... Trying to figure out what word that would have combined no, I, into. I, I wanted to say fondly, but my brain wanted to say vividly, and it just... So you didn't me. say anything was, at all? <laughs> I knew what I wanted to say, yeah. Okay, that makes but sense. But I remember this vividly because when I was younger, I didn't have access to buy a lot of games. So my big thing was getting a lot of like PlayStation magazines and getting the demos. Mm-hmm. So I would have a ton of demos and like this was like, when this was coming out, this was like the main featured video on like four or five demos. So it would be the same video every time the demo booted up. I, it, a good looking game? I wouldn't classify it as a horror game though. It's probably just because of the elements that it's made out of. Yeah. Like a I, vampire. I, yeah, like you play, like the main character you play as is a vampire. And you just like hack and slash and shoot through enemies. But like that, to me, defeats the purpose of it being quote-unquote horror. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like you can have a horror game that's action-y and it still be spooky. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what's that game not Stalker's the wrong game. I'm thinking of something else. Um, it's going to come to me later. I have to look it up because I don't remember what it was called. But it was a spooky game, but it was action and, like, fighting-based. But it would still be creepy and, like, spooky. Well, we can just move on to the next game, which kind of showcases a vampire as one of the main people being showcased in it. Do we have to? <laughs> It's time to start worrying about Starfield. I was already worried about Starfield. Mm-hmm. But do you think that you are going to agree with this article for the same reasons? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> um, so it's right now on track to come out in September. For now. And so uh, after years the- of development and countless delays. <laughs> I already have a slight problem with this article. Mm-hmm. September of what year? The article is, it was published five days ago. That doesn't mean anything. I can say that I'm making a game and it's going to come out in November. But as long as the game comes out in November, I'm not lying. It can come out November four years well, ago. Well, I don't I think that, lying. I mean, the article is not trying to lie. It's just they keep pushing it back, so they can't well, really. It's lying. <laughs> 
this article wasn't written by Bethesda. Oh, I know. I'm saying that they got their information from Bethesda, and Bethesda said the game's coming out in September. The problem is September 2026 is what I expect. Oh, my God. What you were saying? So, basically, Starfield and um, Elder Scrolls Six were announced at the same E3. We touched upon this one of the episodes ago. And we all thought, or at least me and my close friends thought, that when Microsoft acquired Bethesda, that would mean better things. But instead, we've got, like, nothing. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, so... See, here's, here's one of the main reasons I have an issue with Bethesda. They're having problems with Starfield right now. Mm-hmm. While they're still also trying to finish Elder Scrolls Six. While they're also trying to make Fallout 5. You've got too many eggs in one basket. Put out a game, make it work... Then move on to the next one. Most AAA game studios are working on more than one game at once. They have dedicated That's crews. 90% of AAA game companies right now are failing compared to indie companies. Well, I mean, that's how they always did it, so they felt like that's their way of keeping up with it. Like, yeah, do I agree Perfect. that they need to pair down a little? Yes. Like, Call of Duty is the prime example of this. Call of Duty is making one game a year, and each year the game is getting worse and worse and worse, so why are AAA companies trying to pump out three games now? Like, everything is getting worse. Everything is getting more expensive, but we're going to try and rush to pump out three bad games. And this and article is basically agreeing bad. with you on all the... the saying we should worry because they're they're putting endless and that's just happened recently with a lot of companies is that they right. put endless delays on things and i don't have a problem with delays if the game is good yeah but that's the issue like my, my whole like the perfect example for this is if cyberpunk have been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed like it was, and then didn't get rushed out like it did, and it came out like it did recently, it would have been more acceptable. It's the most recent version of Cyberpunk Perfect? No. It's playable and it's enjoyable. Like, I didn't beat Cyberpunk until last year, and I got it on day one. So, in a way, delays aren't a bad thing as long as when the game comes out. It's better than decent. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one of those things. Right. So, like, if Starfield comes out and it's on a, um, like an award winner, like, it doesn't have to be game of the year. I just want it to be good enough. I can give it a chance. 
I just don't have faith in Bethesda anymore to do that. Right. So, let's move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) So, these are, I'm guessing, some details you noticed playing the, like, original Resident Evil games. These are some weird details. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay, it, Resident Evil. It was, I wonder how many of these I don't actually know. Redfall was a disappointment. The, the end. A Redfall was worth $30 at the most. Right. It was a flop. Um, anyways, so the next topic is where do details that exist in the old Resident Evil games? And I'm kind of curious to see if you ever notice any of these. Because you played the OG OG ones and I've only played the remake and they changed yep. a lot of these aspects. Yeah, I have. Um, you know, it's funny going back. Hmm. Remember how I was talking about how I have um, Resident Evil Three in the the Miyazaki cast. Mhm. I have director's cut over there as well, which is the mm-hmm. other version of the first game. <laughs> uh, which is the one they're talking about in this. So I know a couple of these. Okay. Everybody so. says the voice actors are terrible. They're my favorite part of the game. <laughs> well, that was number 10, amazingly bad voice actors, so we could just move on from that one because he disagrees. Uh, the, voice, <laughs> the voice actors were my, one of my favorite parts about it. Oh, come on, you can't not laugh at Jill Sandwich. I, watching you play Resident Evil 3, I hated Jill's voice. Jill's voice isn't bad in 3. I don't it's, like it. It could be better. But that doesn't compare to the original Resident Evil. I'll show you some clips of the original Resident Evil later. Yeah, I played the remake of Resident Evil 1, and I never played the other character options. I just played as Leon. The, the remake is so much better, voice actors-wise, but they're still not good. Okay. The, re- the original is... It's, it's bad, but in a good way. So I like this aspect. I didn't know about this. So the original Resident Evil, so this is number 9... Uh, the original Resident Evil used live action cutscenes for its opening and ending sequences. That's super cool. Um, because everything um, is switched to CGI. Right. One of my favorite fun facts about the opening FMV of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who played Barry was a principal on a school trip. I want to say Australia. They went to Japan for a full, like a school trip, and the people who were looking for, like, cast for the FMV saw him. Were like, we want you to be a vo- like a character in our game. He's just like, all right, I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and that's he became Barry. That's funny. Also, another fun fact, which probably might be on the list, but I might not. It might not be. None of the faces were the voices of the same character. Hmm. The, char- the, the live-action cutscene characters were only used for that. Interesting. Um, so the next one is number eight. Box-like level design? It's like a flat environment with isometric camera angles. I, I guess that's not really... A weird fact that's just how they needed to program it 
would say it was based on the way the fact that it was tank controls and the what's, what's the word um for the camera i can't think of the word isometric it's in the list um flat works better because if you have a lot of like curved edges and things like that it's gonna make the game look wonky yeah it takes away from the game but at the same time it it's old it makes it cleaner it's an old game like they could only do so much back then right which doesn't take away from it so i think this one like i even knew the until like the later installments but there's one gun for each type yeah like you you would notice it but you wouldn't really make a big deal about it like you wouldn't see it as a thing yeah like it's not weird it's just like for me it, it streamlines it makes it easier right like you only have one pistol you only want have one shotgun like as you get into like better customization and right better consoles and better abilities to like have more things then yeah you're gonna branch out but the fact that the earlier games were as able to put in what they did i think that's you know pretty cool in its own aspect i have a slight issue with this article too because it says the only like they only embrace multiple weapon types of resident evil 4 technically that's not right because in resident evil 3 possibly in 2 as well but i'm not 100 sure in 3 you could get an upgraded handgun and an upgraded shotgun too if you played on hard mm. Because when you fought Nemesis in 3, he would drop weapon parts, and if you fought him all four times, you would get two handgun upgrades and two shotgun upgrades, which gave you slightly stronger variations of the same weapon. And in the remake, it was different. Oh yeah, the remake was definitely different. You just got upgraded parts for your starting weapons, but... Which is what I played. Yeah. Um, the no limping mechanic, which is number six. I think that was just probably based on... Just the animation issues. Yeah, they're great. like character models being able to do so much before it was overwhelming to yeah. the system, the, what you know, whatever. Like, this was years ago, so it's kind of hard to... Um, whatever, but like... They still were able to scare you. They still made it jarring. So they were still able to capture what they were going for in a limited way. Which made Resident Evil 2 so much more like, um, easier in a good way, as a way of wording it, to the fact you knew you were real bad when you started limping. Because, like, in the original Resident Evil 1, they still had that animation of, like, hand on the stomach, alright, I'm in bad shape, but they didn't have that slow motion walk, so you didn't know you were dead. Yeah. You just knew you were hurt. Right. Like, like yellow caution, orange caution, and danger were all the same animation. Yeah. Um, mundane zombie animals? I mean, that's just... I have an issue with this article being way too hard well, on Resident Evil based on the time frame and yeah the, the what it, it's basically comparing it to new models of the game forgetting there's a 20 something year or yeah 20 something year difference yeah 
because like what they're like what they're saying in this part of the article is literally there were um there were dogs and yawn mm-hmm. in the original game that's a lot considering the fact that this game came out in 90 some was it 90 95 96 some it, it was either 95 or 96 I know, i'm older than resident evil i know that <laughs> but i just don't remember what year it came out but like i don't care about the fact that there were less um types of enemy animals the dogs jumping through the windows were horrifying finding yawn the first time was horrifying like i'm not afraid of snakes but if i get attacked by a 15 foot snake i'm out mm-hmm. which is the next one with the tougher enemies uh it required more shots to take enemies oh, down yeah. i love yeah, the I mean, snake fight though and in, in the remake that i played it was it was the remake had a good balance hmm the remake had a nice balance mm-hmm. like um it i didn't feel like i missed the original like it felt like the remake like while it changed some things i mean it's the same for four right like i literally finished original four before playing remake four right and I will never say enough good things about the remake of Resident Evil 4. So I will agree though with you playing Resident Evil 1 remake for the original. There is one enemy type that I feel like you're going to love to know that isn't in the original game. The Crimson Heads? Crimson Heads did not exist until the remake. (laughs) And... I touched upon that. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that, but I think it was a conversation with Bales about one of the topics, and I mentioned Crimson Heads. I'm like, they're just like werewolf zombies. It's weird. Yeah, I didn't. I did not like that mechanic. Like, but you knew they were gone, gone. If they bled, if their body was still around at any point, they could reanimate into a crimson head. Well, that was the thing with the remake. If you didn't burn it and didn't break and didn't uh, get a crit on the head, any zombie could have got back up. Mm-hmm. And let like... me just tell you how many times I set myself on fucking fire trying to do that because <laughs> the mechanics were ass. Because I couldn't play the original because I couldn't, like, I didn't have a PC and newer systems don't have, like, emulators and and stuff like that usually so mm-hmm. um, i'm i'm okay with number three and you notice this more, you notice this one more and more as the games go on the final boss is not having more than one form yeah yeah i don't think it's a terrible game. thing i think it it's it's like the souls game right like Everything has, like, a second animation. Like, especially in Elden Ring. Every every boss had at least two or three forms, depending on what the character was. Right. Which, when done well, is okay. And it was done well but in like, Elden Ring. My, my issue with, like, Resident Evil nowadays is oh. every final boss you fight at least twice, 
the first time you fight them, they're normal, and the second time you fight them, they're a giant hulking amalgamation of different things. Mm-hmm. Tyrant in the first Resident Evil wasn't that you fought him in the lab, and then you fought him on the roof. But both times you fought him, he was the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he was still scary, he was still hard. Right. The and second he was game, just, G does just that. stayed the same thing. Right. Nemesis does the same thing, but he's a slight alteration from it. Nemesis changes a lot in the remake. He changes a lot less in the original. Yeah, in the remake, he changes a lot. Did you play the remake? A three? Yeah. Yeah, I was vastly disappointed by it. Mm. Just but that's mainly because I'm such a big fan of the original. Like, it wasn't a bad game, it just wasn't up to the expectations of a fan of three. So I have a question about number two, because I didn't play the originals and I didn't play other storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I knew of Wesker, but I didn't know how he betrayed you and all of those things. Like, I knew he was fishy when I was playing one, I think he was in. Mm-hmm. But, like, this scene here shows his quote-unquote death, which was initially intended to be a permanent death, but then he was evolved, yeah, he became a favorite somehow, and eventually just became the Wesker we all know now. Which is cool, because it... Yeah, I'm not... I don't have a problem with Wesker being Wesker. But I just don't know where this happens. Like... This is the end of the game. Which game? The original. Ah, okay. This is this is already one. Okay. Like this is when you first run into the tyrant. You go into the lab, you find all this equipment, and Wesker's just here. And Jill's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Isn't it beautiful?" And you're like, "What?" <laughs> okay, so you had to play as Jill to get this cutscene. No, both happened, but usually you play as Jill first because Jill is quote unquote easy mode. Oh no, I played it as Liam. Leon? Chris. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, in the original Resident Evil, Jill had eight weapon slots, and she starts with a with the handgun and the lockpick. And that's why, I start, that's why I started as Chris. So I was like, if I'm going to play right. these games, I'm going to go in as it was intended to go into. Yeah. When you play as Chris, you get six weapon slots, and you only start with the knife. And it was rough, man. It took me a long yeah, time to beat that game. Very that's why you always normally start as Jill. And the zombie sharks will forever haunt me. Zombie sharks didn't exist in the original. Yeah, it will. It definitely does in the remake. Or I guess it would be Neptune considered a remake. did not exist in the original game. Good, because it's fucked up. No, it's because they couldn't program them right. They were supposed to be. They just couldn't get sense. them to work. That makes sense. And so it was nice when they finally were able to do a remake that they were able to follow yep. the original game design. Um, I hate I, this. Twelve endings. I was gonna say I hate this picture and the. That's the director's cut picture. It's awful. It's wonky. It's haunting. I don't even. I can't even tell you who that's supposed to be. I can't tell either, just because of the fact that so many characters changed. I want to say it's just a nobody character based on the weapon. I can't even tell you what that weapon's supposed to be. 
maybe that's the point. Maybe, I, like, I don't know. It's got the grip of a shotgun, mm-hmm. but it's got the body of an M4. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Moving on, honestly. But I, how does this game have 12 endings? Is this the original Hatch Yes. That's crazy. I'm trying to think what they would be. I have no idea. Obviously, it's based on well characters that you're playing as. Maybe difficulty. Yeah, I don't know if it was difficulty. It would be just surviving. Well, wait, no. It would be just Jill surviving. Jill surviving with just Barry. Jill surviving with just Chris. Jill surviving with Barry and Chris. That's four. And then you switch to Chris's story. You've got just Chris, Chris and Jill, Chris and Rebecca, Chris with both. That's only eight, though. I have no idea what the other four would be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe secret endings. You had to do some... Maybe. Random acts to trigger something. I'm not sure. I just accidentally opened Apple Music. Oops. So, moving on to the next topic, this one was specifically chosen for him. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic is one of his, (laughs) like, favorite games as a game. I wouldn't say favorite, but it's very, it's very up there in, like, um... What's, what's the word? Favorite or like core memories. Like you you have a lot of memories playing this game with like your cousin and stuff. Yeah, this game always stands out in a fun way because of just the way everybody is in it. Like it this game it's a it's a it's a roguelike with excuse me. <laughs> it's basically a first person shooter with mining aspects. But for some reason, of all of the games that I have played that have unwritten rules, Mm -hmm. everybody follows the rules. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Um, Basically, it's saying this is one of, like, the last positive communities left in gaming. And it's like, it is. Like, if you say you're, if you join and say you're new there will be people who jump to like helping you learn how to play the game. Right. If, if somebody play, you're playing with is quote unquote a veteran or has been playing the game long enough to know how to play the game and you show up as what they call in this game Greenbeards, which is like a fresh player or quote unquote a noob, they will guide you and hold your hand until the point where you feel like you're good enough to do it on your own and then they will play with you normally. Um, I have never played a game where I have gone in clueless and played with multiple people. I know exactly what to do in the next game. And it's a co-op game, too. So It's a, it's a four-player co-op game that can be played solo. It, uh, the, the graphics intrigue me. I really like them. Yeah, I think you would enjoy the game. I think it's on Game Pass. I'll have to check. Because pro- I would try this game. Like The graphics alone like make me want to play it. Yeah, it's got, it's that weird. It's hard to explain exactly what it is, but it's it's clearly polygonal, but it's meant to be, so you could differentiate 
the like backgrounds and the materials and things like that. But, but that's also why I like the color aspect of it. Like it's simple, but it's done well. Yeah, it's simple and complex at the same time. Yeah. So I think I will try that out if it is on Game Pass. Um, the next one is. Hmm. I want to talk about the rules because I'm reading. I'm scrolling down the article, and every single one of these are rules. You can touch on the rules because I know nothing. It's hundred percent the like. It's all true. There's only one thing I'm that I'm not seeing on the article list, unless it's hidden in something else. On this. No, but you share with the class and you enlighten us because this is your game. Well, the reason that everybody equates this game to being like a um a super friendly game where everybody helps each other or this that, and the other thing is because it's one of those few games that even when you're playing it with somebody who doesn't work with people there's no reason not to work together because it's one of those things it's if one person fails everybody fails everything is earned equally like if you're fighting and i'm mining gold i get the experience of you killing everything while you get all of the money from my gold too so there's literally no reason to be selfish a troll. like there's no reason to toy selfish is a good word but like there's no reason to toy around there's no reason to steal there's no reason to be a nuisance because you're literally only making the game harder for everybody So it's like, why would you aggro an enemy that's going to kill everybody and then just run when if one person doesn't make it back, you fail the mission? There's no point. Right. <laughs> My personal favorite on this list, too, is number two on the list. Mm-hmm. Is if you at any point in the game click in the right thumbstick you will call out a different salute, okay. which is called a rock and stone. Right. Um, ah, okay. The, the unwritten, what was that? <laughs> the conversation we were having the other night about your speech. Oh, yes. The unwritten rule, one of them at least, is one of the salutes. One of the salutes is if you don't rock and stone, you ain't going home. <laughs> So the unwritten rule has become if one dwarf rock and stones, every dwarf has to rock and stone. Oh. To a point where somebody will accidentally do it, followed by all three other players immediately following suit. It becomes like, um, there's no, um, there's no voice chat if you're playing with randoms so like if you're not in discord talking to people there's no communication really the communication in this game is a pinging system um the rock and stone salute is naturally the i'm ready mm-hmm. so there's like re-resoxations so you'll call it down you'll pick it up and somebody will like look to see if everybody's ready they'll hit the rock and stone everybody does it and they move on Okay. There's no there's no questions. It's just you look 
you might swing the pickaxe to like motion that you want to move and then rock and stone and you move on. So it's it's very it's an odd and um I can't think of, I can't think of the word wholesome is the word I've been looking for. It's a very wholesome community in the weirdest way and in the weirdest game. You think so? Yes. Because it's other than the fact that they're being dwarves, which is that like wholesomeness is some is synonymous with the dwarves. It's a cutthroat mining company who has to fight giant bugs. Huh. But yet every single person is willing to defend the whole team to complete the mission. Interesting. I don't think I've ever played a game where that is a thing. Because there's no like there's no leaderboards, there's no who's the highest level, who's doing this the fastest, it's here's what we have to do, let's go in, do it, and get out. Which makes sense. Like, the levels are customization and slightly better weapons, but there's no PvP, so who cares how strong your weapon is, as long as your weapon kills the bug, I don't care how strong your weapon is. Right. Like, the game has friendly fire, but the game makes sure you know you're hitting a teammate. Like, you have to get in a few shots before friendly fire kicks in, and before friendly fire kicks in, you usually realize, oops, I'm shooting the wrong person. <laughs> you would hope. Well, yeah, but even at that point, it's... You don't gain anything from that, and it doesn't matter. Right. But... Yeah, I highly recommend this game to anybody who enjoys, I don't know, a first-person shooter with a different mechanic, mining, dwarves, or camaraderie. Because you'll find all four of those in this game. <laughs> it may be all at once. Oh, yeah, usually it will be all at once. It's one of those few games that I'm willing to go in and play with random people and not carry them playing with random people. Which is unusual for you. Exactly. Um, alright, so that brings us to Cassette Beasts. It's like, it's an indie mon for adults who like capitalism jokes, which is a really odd way of putting it, but it's basically uh -huh. a rip, it's basically a rip off of Pokemon, but more geared towards adults the graphics are intriguing what is a popolox <laughs> so confused at what this game is you use like a tape recorder which is weird but the cutscene dialogue is So instead of capturing monsters with two-tone balls, here you record them on cassette tapes through a process the game winkingly tells you not to think too hard about. <clears throat> um, it looks cute. This article is throwing shady Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Big time. There's some weird-ass characters, though. 
Yeah, some of these articles are, like, or some of these in-game pictures are very, like... Like that one puppet dude, like the... Yeah, puppet locks. Yeah. Don't like it. No. Because it's a totally different art style. Yeah. I'm also creeped out by Landkeeper number one. I don't... Keeps going down. Oh, dear. <laughs> he looks like a ghost that's pretending not to be a ghost. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about him. But if you're into Pokemon-like games or you're looking for something that's Pokemon-esque but a little bit different, you can try that one out. It looks cool. Um, the tape recorder thing is weird, but like... So it's catching Pokemon in balls and like enslaving them to fight other Pokemon and then having to rush to the Pokemon Center so they don't die. Uh, if you really think about Pokemon, it's really fucked up. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's coming from somebody who's played every single game. And I, we discovered, we discussed this a while back, but I'm like, slightly older than Pokemon or just around the same age something like that um, I'll be nice and won't answer that question for you so that means I'm slightly older for anyone not playing along at home alright um I'm older than the Pokemon game I'm talking about like original anime like pocket monster game ooh I think you might be younger yeah, I'm thinking it came out just slightly before it was released in the United States. Yeah, no. It was a it was a decent gap. Because Red came out the year after I was born. And Pocket Monsters came out a good few years. Man, I had some Pocket Monster I Pokemon think. cards I'm, I'm, too. I'm Google it real quick because I'm curious now. Um well, he does that. We only have one more t subject to touch upon. It's kind of oh, weird. Yeah, I was right. Pokemon Red came out in 96. Two years after me. Shut up. Um, but yeah. Pocket Monsters Red? That's not right. Google don't lie to me. Same Pocket Monsters Red came out in 2004, that's not right. Oh. For anyone at home that heard wait, that, that was oh, wait, my hang knee on. that no. was popping. Furiously Googling over here. Because I feel like I'm... I thought this was different, no. You gonna share with us or? Yeah, you're older than all of the games. The anime, however, is a different story. The games came out almost the same time. That's what I thought. The anime was. That's only in. Why is it only showing me America? So what's our next topic? No, finish what you were 
I'm looking, that's why I'm asking you what our next topic is. It's Omega Coffee Chain is punishing staff for getting drink orders wrong by making them copy down lines of customer complaints. <laughs> I, remember, I remember talking about this at somebody at work. That's insane to me. <laughs> that's stupid. Like, it reminds me of Umbridge from Harry Potter. Like, I will not tell lies. Like, I will not... It's just... It's too much. Be overwhelmed. I would quit. Yeah, 100%. Like, their retention rate has to be ass. Nobody's yeah. gonna be stick or, sticking around for, like, that abuse. Right, like, like... And I haven't even heard of this company, but apparently it's a rival... It rivals Starbucks. Like, my, my question is... Am I getting paid to write these quote-unquote lines? Oh, so, like, if, you, if you're if you doing terrible and they, they pull you aside to do them, like, are you still being paid on the right, clock? Right, am I still on the clock? Because, like, if I'm off the clock, I'm saying, no, I'm walking away. Because you can't make me not work off the clock. It's like, if I'm not clocked in, I don't work for you. Like, that's why I'm completely against the people who get fired for quote-unquote doing something at home. Or doing something at a party. Like my personal life and my work life are two different things. So this example is saying the outlet also posted that one of the, they basically saw that the, co the employee was copying these lines down and they had over 40 lines written out and it was over two pages. So it was handwritten, obviously. And basically a person said, I wanted a hot coffee in the note. Did you not see it? Have you not woken up? And that had to be written 40 times. So basically, if somebody complained their coffee wasn't made right, however the customer complains about it, the employee has to write it down. Too much. It's like too excessive. I mean, because in my opinion... Because there's going to be those people out there who are going to go, okay, if I go to this coffee chain and complain, I'm going to make the person who's working make have to make more harder. So they're going to go in and complain about the stupidest things just so the person has to write about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's a weird one for me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would 100% not work for this company. Granted, I don't like coffee because it doesn't matter to me, but I would not um yeah so is there anything else that you would like to touch upon other than the fact that i have to go re-download deep rock galactic because now i want to play it <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you said the last time we talked about it yeah which i didn't do because i didn't have a moment to do do i still have it downloaded I also believe. I lied, I don't have to download it, I do have it, so. <laughs> Alright, well. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's on Game Pass, and it's also a PlayStation Premium game, for anybody who has either of those. So I can get it and play it. Once I am mm -hmm. able to stream again, I'll probably stream it too. Yeah. And then that means you can play with me. Rock and Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, if there's nothing else that you would like to talk about... I don't think so. All right.
Alrighty, well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Batter. Um, it was a roller coaster, honestly. There was like, I thought this was going to go a different way. I expected him to have like more knowledge about some of the topics, um, but I think it made for an interesting conversation regardless. But as always, we appreciate you listening and give us a follow and share the podcast and we will catch you next week on the next one. Good night.